Happy 2019. We have not seen each other in like a year. This is amazing. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Well, it's always a joy to see you all. I hope that you are recovering from the busyness of the holidays. Now is the time to look forward to so many wonderful things in 2019. I know it's always a time of reflection. We can look back and say, wow, yay, God, so many amazing things in 2018, some hard times that we hopefully have all grown through, um, challenged by those hard times. But how amazing and faithful is our God that he gets to grow us, lead us, guide us through every one of these moments in our lives. So what a wonderful privilege, too, to be a part of this family of God and to do all these things together. And on a side note, of course, I have a baby grandson now that was born last week. So, yeah, thanks. You know, it's all about me this morning. But I hope you grabbed a bulletin because there are many, many things coming over the next couple of months. I do want to point out a very important date, January 27. It's right on the front of your bulletin. Mark that on your calendar. That is our annual church meeting. This is what I call our family meeting. We get to hang out and talk about a lot of business things, but a lot of praises and a lot of great things to look forward to for the year ahead. So mark your calendar for that. And ladies, Bible study is just around the corner. We're going to be starting here in a few short weeks, so you'll be seeing more information on that. You can sign up online for those studies, and we'll be out next week with the books to peruse and look through, as well as at the end of the month, we'll be uh, starting the signups for our women's retreat happening March 22, which sounds like forever from now, but it will be here so quickly. So looking forward to a lot of wonderful things ahead. And if you are new this morning, I do want to take this opportunity to welcome you. If you don't mind raising your hand, we have a pack of information for you. And in the back is a communication card, right here in the middle, right here. Thank you. If you don't mind filling that out and placing it in the offering plate, that just lets us know how we can serve you. And we're so glad you're here with us today. It's a wonderful day. It is our first Sunday together in 2019, and today is a wonderful day because it is Celebration Sunday, and we have so much to celebrate. Good morning. The sound of fellowship is awesome. My name is Corey. I'm the pastor of missions and young adults, and I have these three beautiful people up here with me today, Peyton, Denver, and TJ. Just to tell you a little bit about what's going on in our young adult ministry and in their lives, Peyton, you've been involved, very involved, with Satellite for, for a while now, uh, involved in worship and other places. What keeps you coming back? Why are you so involved? I would definitely say it's the people there. Um, before I began attending Satellite, um, I worked a lot and I was really lacking in relationships. And so I'd been praying about it a lot and then began attending Satellite. And my expectations were far exceeded um, as Christ usually works that way. And I built friendships really quickly that I know are going to be lifelong, and I feel incredibly thankful for that. So that is the reason that I continue to do satellite and participate in other events that they have, because the people there really have a love and a heart for Christ and help me grow in that myself. It is a great community, so thank you for being involved because you make it better. I appreciate you very much. Um, she has a beautiful voice, too. Her whole family does, I think. I don't know how your dad sings. He would, he would say no to that comment. Yeah, so I bet he has a beautiful voice, too. Denver is involved in our leadership team in Satellite and has been around for just over a year now since graduating high school. Denver, what, do you, um, what has lead team, what has serving on lead team taught you 
And what, can I ask this question? What is your favorite thing about satellite? And you can't answer me because that would be awkward. So you have to answer something else. Uh, my favorite part about satellite is our monthly events. Um, it's, they're, they're a great way to like get connected with everyone um, and they're really fun. Um, and what lead team has taught me is just how much goes into those events. Um, like right now we're, we're planning for our January event, Winter Weekend Away. Um, if you're a young adult that isn't connected with satellite, I, I definitely think you should get connected with Corey and go to Winter Weekend Away. It's, a, it's gonna be a great experience for you. Thanks for your service, Denver. Uh, our lead team does a great job serving the community of satellite, but also in other areas as well, our outreaches and stuff. So I appreciate all of them, and Denver represents them today. And last, way down here on the end, we have TJ. Uh, TJ, as you know, you got introduced to him, is an intern, and very involved in satellite even before the internship program. He leads our worship in there, and now has stepped on to lead team. So he has a very busy schedule, as well as going to school. Uh, what are you learning in the internship ministry, and what is God teaching you right now? Well, in the intern ministry, I'm learning how to be a good ministry leader and learning how to lead people um, under a ministry in that, I, like, the techniques I uh, use that I learn, um, I definitely use uh, in leading the worship team uh, would be the most primary example of what I'd be, what I'd be doing with the techniques that they're teaching me. Um, and God right now is definitely teaching me that I can't be too busy for him. Um, I think that I've become super busy with my internship and super busy with school, but I can't be too busy for God. I definitely need to include him in all my time and be able to have a relationship with him and that I can't like, be like, oh God, I'm way too busy to spend time with you because I'm too busy building your kingdom. Like, no, I need to spend personal time with God. And that's something God has been teaching me over the past few weeks. Very good. Thank you for serving. We're going to go back to Peyton because she's the prettiest on stage in this group not including the worship team, but in this group, for sure. One of the prettiest, if you include the worship team. But what is God teaching you right now? Um, right now, what I'm learning um, that Christ is teaching me is that there's actually a lot of strength and weakness. I like to be really strong and resilient, um, which is not always the case. So I'm learning that there's actually a lot of power and strength and weakness. A powerful lesson. We could pack up and go home right now, but there's a lot more worship and a lot more service and some more great testimonies coming. If you haven't learned already, I'm pretty awkward, so I appreciate you bearing through my awkward interviews this morning, and let's all participate in worship. Let's get back to it. What a powerful song. Let us pray together. Lord, we are here on this, this celebration Sunday, and what better song to sing than that to celebrate your victory, that we can take this moment and this time this morning and to give you praise that you came to earth, that you died on the cross, but that death did not defeat you, but that you rose in victory over the grave. And in Christ, we have that same victory. And so on this Celebration Sunday, we give you thanks for that, most importantly. But Lord, this resurrection is not just at the end of the age, but we are being resurrected now. We are becoming new people in Christ. And so we want to say thank you for what you're doing right now, the victories that we see each and every day as your Spirit works in us. 
And Lord, we get to hear testimonies this morning where that reality is happening. And so we celebrate those moments now that you are alive in us. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would be in us and that this new year, that we would put to death the old man as that old year has gone away and the new man shall rise in us. Holy Spirit, would you empower us to live, empower us to live a life of love, the love that you showed us, that we would live a life of victory in Jesus because we have that in Jesus, we pray. Lord, we want to give you thanks for the rain that we received yesterday and we pray there is supposed to be rain today and, and we pray for more to come we need it for this this valley may there be snow in the mountains god we just need this for our drought and so we continue to pray for that and lord as we give of our tithes and offerings to you this morning we want to say thank you we want to start this new year off right and say we love you we thank you and this is just a small example of our love for you and our worship for you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You have a seat. Good morning. I'm going to tell you my name, and then I'm going to take a minute and look and take you all in, because I've imagined um, what you look like, but um, I only ever see the backs of your heads from where I sit. So I'm Tracy Sheldon, and um, my husband Chuck and I sit over there, which is why it took me so long to get here. This is um, exhilarating and terrifying. So we're just going to start there. Um, my husband and I came to GCC about eight years ago. And we have four children, um, Max, Porter, Beckett, and Scarlett. They are ages 10 to almost 2. And this morning, I just want to share about um, a little of my story about how I got here. And mostly that's a story of church experience about how I got here because there seems to be a lot of history for me in that. Um, I grew up in Pennsylvania all my life. Um, well, no, I was in church all of my life. I grew up in Pennsylvania, I left at 18. Um, I was the granddaughter, daughter, and sister of pastors. Um, I came out to Azusa Pacific for college and that's where I met Chuck and I decided Pennsylvania was no longer for me, so we stayed. Um, I, after graduating, I was on staff at a large church in Pasadena, and that ended really poorly. Um, my position was mismanaged, and that left me feeling pretty devastated about ministry and very wounded. So we left um, and moved to Lindsay shortly after that position ended um, because Chuck's family is local. We, um, we stopped attending church for about five years. And in a lot of ways, that felt all wrong with my background and history and all of, the, all of everything. But with everything that I'd been through and growing up, I'd seen a church split that got really ugly um, and a church plant that got even uglier, um, and seeing my parents wounded, and just all of the, all of the stuff that I'd seen in churches made it um, really difficult to trust. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't trust people in church specifically. 
Um, so I felt very comfortable leaving the church, but I never left my relationship with Jesus. That, that was always separate. It was, I, and I know that that's the grace of God, that he gave me that um, to see that those two things are sometimes independent. So um, during that five years, we had our first son, Max, and I was expecting our second porter, and I was um, staying at home and raising them and was completely lonely and isolated and um, just really feeling, feeling a tug on my heart that my kids were going to need a faith community and that I wanted that to be a priority in our lives. So um, I'd heard about MOPS, which is a mothers of preschoolers moms group, and so I searched online and I found that Grace hosted one of those. So, being the skeptic that I was, I decided that I needed to discover what type of church hosted that group. So I did some recon one Sunday morning, and I came, and with all my skepticism and reluctance and wariness um, about everything church-related, I came, and in the parking lot after the service, I ran into a friend from college who I hadn't seen in about a decade. And she happened to be on the leadership team of MOPS, and she immediately invited me. So I joined, and I was too lonely not to. So we also considered attending at that time, and I um, brought my list of about 20 questions for the, to, for the children's department, and Kathleen at the time was very gracious to answer every one of them. And I was met with acceptable answers. Um, so we started attending. And for a long time, my goal was to be anonymous. I was too hurt and too scared to trust, so I just kind of sat in the back and um, tried not to look at anyone. Um, and after some years, <laughs> the question of membership came up, and um, I didn't see the point. And in the past, it was no more than a club card. So, but eventually we took the, the inquirer's class, and um, afterwards I told Pastor Tim I needed some time to think about it, and he seemed a little surprised and intrigued at my response. Um, and I'm not sure exactly how many meetings it took with pastoral staff before I made a decision. Um, I needed to know, is GCC a place I can be who God has called me to be? Is there space for me here? Is my voice allowed? And I was met with yeses. I was welcomed into conversations, and nobody flinched at my questions. So I became a member, and actually we both did, but that's his story, and I'm just telling you mine. You'll have to ask him. Um, and recently I've stepped into the role of leading the MOPS ministry here. And at Grace, that's an outreach to approximately 225 women and children and child care workers and they come from all over Visalia and the surrounding cities. And this is the 20th year of that ministry at Grace, and I think that's relatively significant. And MOPS has changed me. It's affected growth that permeates every aspect of my life. And I was reluctant to take the role, um, really more terrified, but God whispered truth to my fears and melted my resistance at 5 a.m. one morning, changing my heart and my perspective. This, this community at Grace has been a place for me to heal. It's been a place for me to rest my worn and weary soul. It's been a place for me to find courage to serve in leadership roles once again. So I want to just encourage you to keep, 
Keep seeking to learn each other's history. Offer your story to those around you. The way we care for others matters deeply. Thank you. Good morning. I am Jared Tilley, and this is my wonderful wife, Becca. What are you doing? I don't know why I'm thankful for her. Um, we've been married for about six years, and we've been a part of Grace for over 20 years. As both of our families started attending Grace when we were in sixth grade, uh, we both went through junior high, high school, and college ministries. Um, and we actually met in high school ministry and started dating after a beach camp, so there you go. Um, we've been blessed in many ways to serve, and uh, we have been blessed to say that um, those times where we've said yes to God have been the most outstanding that we've had in our lives. So Becca's going to tell you about saying yes to God in her life. I agree with Tracy. This is totally exhilarating and terrifying all at the same time. <laughs> Um, I told Pastor Tim earlier this week, I would sing a thousand solos rather than be right here in this moment. So, huh, okay, we can do this. Um, when I was in college, Jason Neese, who was the high school pastor here at Grace, um, came to me and asked if I'd be a part of high school ministry and take a small group of freshman girls and stay with them through their senior year. Little did I know that saying yes to him and ultimately to God, that 14 years later, I would still be involved in HSM, and with my fourth group of girls, some of them sitting in the audience over here. <laughs> Serving on staff has taught me that God loves using his people. He loves putting them in situations where they will flourish by using the gifts he's given them. In high school, in high school ages where a lot of um, students realize this concept, they realize that God made them with a purpose and they're just trying to figure out what that purpose is. And it's a really, really awesome thing to be able to walk alongside the students um, in that part of their journey. Saying yes to God has taken me to con many countries. It's allowed me to meet and work with amazing people who are choosing to stand firm for him, and it's allowed me to use the gifts and talents he's given me for his glory. Um, don't get me wrong, saying yes isn't always easy, or it's not, or it's not always convenient, um, and it's not always my first choice. Um, but one thing is certain, that all the opportunities that the Lord has placed before me, and I've said yes to, he's allowed me to experience the expansion of his kingdom and even little glimpses of heaven. Well, like Becca, um, Pastor Jason, about a year after she started working on high school staff, um, approached me about a sophomore boys group um, right in the middle, of, it's actually about this time um, that, uh, of the school year, and said that uh, he needed a leader for a group of sophomore boys. Uh, their leader was moving, and I'm thinking, shoot, I loved HSM as a student, but like, am I qualified to lead a small group? I was like, I think barely 20 at the time. But with some prayer and encouragement from those around me, I said yes. 
I've learned over the next 13 years as well. And uh, in high school ministries and leading um, my fourth group of guys, two of which were sitting on stage um, earlier here today, um, that God doesn't always call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Along the way, I've seen God work in and through me, the staff I serve alongside, as well as As we blamed him, <laughs> as well as hundreds of students, I know I'm here to encourage and help teach them, but in more ways than I can count, the students have encouraged and, and taught me. Um, but if you know anyone on high school staff, uh, we have a lot of fun as well. Sometimes I think more fun than the students. Um, it's a joy to serve alongside each of them and to see their hearts for young people and to use the gifts God has given them. Then about, so to continue on with saying yes to, to the Lord, um, Pastor Tim about eight years ago asked us to join an R group. Uh, we were hesitant because at the time um, we had graduated college but weren't married and didn't have, see ourselves in the same stage of life as those in R groups. We ended up agreeing to try it out and found that the right stage of life to join R groups is whatever stage of life you're currently in right now. We discovered that the beauty of our groups is that there are people from all stages of life. We quickly grew to love and look forward to seeing those in our group and were encouraged and grew in ways we never could have imagined. We have experienced a deeper level of community as we've seen members get married. We've had members have children, become grandparents, celebrate achievements, and even grieve together in times of loss. So, when the Huntleys approached us about co-leading our R group a little over a year ago, there was little, little hesitation in saying yes. We were more than happy to be able to serve a group that means so much to us. Through our R group, we have experienced the power of prayer and are encouraged to li live out the gospel in all aspects of our lives. So these are a few of just the, maybe the major areas um, that we have had an opportunity to say God to, or yes to God, over the last couple years. But um, more recently, God's been trying to teach me to say yes to him in the small things. I like to run. Um, I know that some of you are thinking you're crazy right now. Um, but during the winter, I coach soccer and don't get to run as often as I would like. So a couple years ago, the first day after the season um, was over, I started, I was like, I'm going to go out for a run and get back into it. I was feeling out of shape and thought, oh, I'll just go a couple miles. Now, I know that kind of seems crazy for some of you, but for me, that was um, like a little baby step to it. So I took off, and along the way, the thought came into my head to run to the new church property and pray over it. I immediately thought that that was crazy because um, that was over three times as far as I was planning on running. So I just brushed it off as a, you know, random thought and continued on. But a few minutes later, that thought came back to me. I stopped for a moment and thought, that's not a thought I would have had, so it must be a prompting from the Holy Spirit. So I told God, I'm going. Please, please, give me the energy to make it there and back again. <laughs> I got to the parking lot, stopped, and started praying. Praying for our staff, 
for the, the lives that would be touched in the future there. And I may have spent a little extra time praying because that meant a little extra rest. On the way back, I started thinking of all the times I would get these random, what I thought were crazy thoughts, and started wondering how many times I had missed promptings from God because I had brushed them off as my own um, just random thoughts in my head. At first, it made me sad, and I felt a little convicted. But since, I have tried to be more conscious of these promptings from the Holy Spirit and try my best to say yes. God's created us all with unique gifts with the intent for us to use them for his kingdom. Beck and I have never regretted saying yes to Jesus and have found no greater joy than serving him and his people. We are able to say yes because our desire is to know him and make him known. God's given Beck and I both many opportunities to say yes to him, and we all haven't always said yes, but the mo most important yes we've ever said was saying yes to making him the Lord and Savior of our lives. So we encourage you as you begin 2019, where can you serve and what ways can you say yes to God's calling in your life? Thank you. Well, good morning. You know, life is a bit messy. I don't know if you know that or not, but it is. And things go on. Sometimes we're ready for those things. Sometimes we're not. Um, when I came in this morning, I expected to do the right hand of fellowship. I did not expect to lead you in communion, which we're going to lead here in a moment. Um, our pastor is home. In fact, came in this morning but he took a little bit of a fall, probably tore his rotator cuff. He was in a lot of pain, and his duties this morning were to lead us in communion, which would involve picking up these things. Then he had his arm in a sling and doing the right hand of fellowship, um, which his arm was in a sling, and I said, Pastor John, why don't you just go home? And, you know, take some pain pills, and <laughs> we'll get through this morning. But I had, I consequently feel very inept and unprepared to share with you this morning. And then, of course, we did something that we do periodically on Celebration Sundays, and that is we have people share their testimonies. And, of course, it's wonderful. And I don't know what you're thinking as people share their testimonies. Um, as I listened to Jared and Becca share, I saw them as little kids growing up in this church and all the things the Lord has done in their life. When I listened to Tracy, I was thankful that we embraced their family and, um, but caught myself thinking about the times maybe we've made mistakes with people. And I don't know what all that means except just to say, you know, we're... We make mistakes, we're, we're in a world infected by sin, it affects us, and yet, as I think about all that, the one thing that is constant is our Lord. And no matter what comes our way, we always, the Lord is constant, and He doesn't make mistakes. And, you know, this is Celebration Sunday, we typically on this, celebra on Celebration Sunday, we typically have parent-child dedications, which we didn't have any this day, this time, 
We typically have baptisms, and we didn't, rare, a rare celebration Sunday that we didn't have any baptisms. If you have not been baptized, I want to take this moment to encourage you that that is the first act of obedience, and you ought to consider that. Um, but I thought, since, you know, this is a very unique day, that maybe this would be a good day for us to have a little bit of reflection. And so I'm going to give you, in a moment, a little bit extended time to maybe close your eyes and speak to the Lord about whatever it is you need to speak to Him about. I'm not sure what is going through your mind this morning, um, but I want to give you some time uh, with the Lord. I, I, do, I do want to tell you, though, as we prepare to take communion, in one of the classes that I teach, we talk about community and, and how Jesus created community. We talk about how He you know, creates moments for community, how he seizes moments for community, and I'm not going to share, with that about, share about that with you this morning, but the third one is that he marks moments, and we have marked moments in our lives. Uh, we know what a marked moment is. If you have a wedding ring on, that's something that marks a moment. When you said, I do to someone, and you said, I will be faithful to that person, that's a marked moment. Um, Jesus established communion as a marked moment. The night before he was betrayed, he took communion with his people, and he said, basically, until I come, do this in remembrance of me. In other words, remember what he did for us on the cross, his death his resurrection, and because of that, all the things in life that are infected by sin are made right in our lives, and we should be thankful for that. I want you to know that if you are here this morning and you are a visitor, that you, if you know the Lord Jesus, are welcome to take communion with us. You don't have to be a member of our church. You just be, need to be a member of the body of Christ, and so we will take communion together in just a moment, but again, I'd like to take a moment and give you a chance to pray and speak to your Lord, our Lord. So let's take a moment and pray and prepare ourselves to receive. Amen. If you would pass your cups to the closest aisle, the gentleman will pick them up. I want to say, Dave, thank you for playing. As you play, we sing with you. He's not going to look at me because he's playing, but we appreciate him. I don't know if you catch yourself singing those songs in your head while he's playing. It's wonderful, and I love it. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death and his coming. You proclaim that you love him and that you know him and that you will live your life for him. I'd like to remind you today as you leave, there will be gentlemen at the door with plates to receive our... Um, Deacon's Fund offering. Uh, <laughs> I just heard the Holy Spirit, and it sounded like my wife. Um, <laughs> I couldn't, she could tell I couldn't come up with Deacon's Fund, so Deacon's, Deacon's Fund. Thank you, Lord. Um, anyways, you can give as you feel led today. And now, um, the, finally this morning, we are going to receive a, uh, several people into our fellowship be a little bit different today. I feel like I ought to say, oh, I feel something lurking over me. 
Oh, no, nobody's there. It's me this morning. So if you are here to receive the right hand of fellowship, would you come forward at this time and stand next to me as they come forward? I'd like to let you know that the right hand of fellowship comes from Galatians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, James, Peter, and John, those reputed to be pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. When they recognized the grace given to me, they agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the Jews. And you know that when we give the right hand of fellowship to folks, we, they have gone through the process of coming into our church to officially join. Uh, Tracy talked about that, and um, it's a good thing. And this is not a club. Uh, I appreciated even her saying that. This is not a club. This is not something we just do so we can be a part of something and take all the service. We're coming into a family, if you will. And so I'm going to introduce these folks to you. I will give them the right hand of fellowship this morning. I'll ask you to hold your applause until the end, and then I will have you welcome them. We will stand, I will pray, and then you can come up and, and give them the right hand as well. And I would ask you to start from my right, your left, and um, so we're not swimming upstream. Let me introduce these folks to you. This is Mike and Amy Borg, welcome. Victoria Palm, welcome. And Sandy Bernard, welcome. Would you guys welcome them? <clears throat> Please stand and let's pray together. Well, Father, this day uh, did not happen in exactly the way we expected it to, but we know, Lord, you knew exactly what would happen and I would um, I'm thankful, Lord, that you are in charge of all these things. We do pray for these folks that we just introduced, that you would use them for your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, that they are becoming a part, officially a part of our family, and I pray you would use them, maybe even give them the opportunity to be involved in someone coming to know you. Um, Father, bless them, bless us. We pray this in Jesus Christ's name. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless you all.